0: Hello, welcome to If Anyone Cares. My name is Riley James. This is episode 61. We are recording in the early stages of Tropical Storm Nicholas. Uh, Shouldn't affect us too bad. I'm not even evacuating. And we should have some, some flooding, but nothing that would disrupt the programming of the show. Nevertheless, we want to give our T's and P's out to the people of Southeast Louisiana, you know, new Orleans gets a lot of, of media love because it's the biggest city down there. Baton Rouge obviously gets a lot of love because it's the second biggest city down there. But you know, the, the communities and and cities South of new Orleans that took a direct hit from a category Four hurricane. Um, I mean, it's devastating. We, we had the same type of effect last year with hurricane Laura and then six weeks later with hurricane Delta. Um, it's a hard thing to go through and a lot of people around the country don't realize that how how long it takes to be able to clean up and and even get power and running water back so t's and p's down there um we we're with you we got you and we we throw all of our support down there and a huge win by the new orleans saints uh definitely helped beating the green bay packers uh, help that city and help that community uh, celebrate something for the first time in a few weeks. So, congratulations to to New Orleans. And um, unfortunately, that game had to be played in Green Bay. Just as a matter of fact, that New Orleans still does not have power. But hopefully, the Saints are home soon, and the city of New Orleans can celebrate once again, and in the the region of southeast Louisiana can get back to normal sometime soon, and and clean up the disaster that was Hurricane Ida. Also, tease and peace to the people up in New York in the in the northeast part of the country. They had the same storm, the remnants of a hurricane out of a tropical storm out of a tropical depression out of the devastated cities that aren't really accustomed to that much water. So, Ts and peace to the northeast of the United States and the southeast part of Louisiana as we go forward with today's show. And we had the owner, founder, and creative designer of Icarus Football, Robbie Smuckler on. And again, this is not a soccer show. This is not even a sports show. We didn't talk about soccer. We didn't talk about sports. We talked about pieces of art. And I'll say that not in front of him. But like these kits are art. These jerseys that these teams wear that Icarus makes are pieces of art. I own one. The city of Lafayette, Louisiana has a team, Louisiana crew. I own one of their kits. Icarus made it. It is a piece of art. It is incredible. If you just go look on their Instagram or their Twitter – each one of these kits are more incredible than the last. So please go check that out. Go check out their stuff. We talk about the creative side of making soccer jerseys. We talk about we talk about the lessons he's learned from meeting people from these different communities. We talk about the stories that he's read about when he's researching what to do when to make these kits. I mean, it's just an incredible thing, not only for American soccer, but just for an an artist to be able to to put something together for a city to represent the culture of the city you don't even have to like soccer to understand that these things are, are representations of something bigger than the sport something bigger than the individual these are this is a a piece for the city and for the culture and and, and for the the region that louisiana kid i have in there is for louisiana it's not just Lafayette it's not just for the soccer team. It's I love it because whenever I see a Florida Lee and a representation of my culture on a shirt that is not specifically for Louisiana, I mean, that's a great thing. And they make those types of kits for so many different clubs. So go to their website. Go to their Instagram. It's tagged below in the show notes. Go check it out. Even if you don't love the sport of soccer, even if you don't like sports, it's still a really cool thing to – Maybe represent a city near you or a city that you love. Or if you don't have one, maybe contact them and make something for your city. It's a really cool concept. But nevertheless, we talk to, to Robbie about all that. He goes through the lightning round, five to seven random questions at the end of the show. And we just had a good time. And uh, cool guy. Really cool guy. I did not expect him to be 28, which was a shock to me. You know, we we love obviously love having younger people on the show. Last show was Cambry Euler. Uh, we have had Kara Sanford in the past. We have obviously the host of the show, <laughs> me, who has been doing this since 16, and we love seeing younger people do cool things, and he is twenty-eight years old, so that's that's awesome. So fantastic show. You can follow this show at if anyone cares underscore on Twitter. You can follow me at Rally James IAC on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to the show if you get the show through iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, Everything's amazing. Show's going great. Can't wait for the the sheer amount of content we have coming in September and October, so be on the lookout for it. Nevertheless, please enjoy the show. On the line from Kensington, Pennsylvania, we have a very special show for you today. A company that I have grown super fond of for the last couple of years, so much so that I own one of their products and I wear it quite often. We have none other than the founder and creative director of Icarus Football, Robbie Smuckley. Robbie, thank you so much for making time, man.
1: Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me.
0: First off, the, the kids are amazing. Anyone that knows Icarus knows they put out some of the most decorative kits, some of the coolest kits in the world. And when I say kits, obviously this is not a soccer show. Kits is the, the jersey, the uniform uh, mm-hmm. for, for the club. But you guys just do amazing work. And I wanted to have on the creative director. I wanted to have on who, whoever designs these things and ended up being you. So first off, let's talk about Icarus. You, you founded this thing. Uh, what exactly is it? And can you explain um, the Icarus name?
1: Yeah, so it's a custom kit, custom uniform company. Uh, We work directly with clubs to uh, create kits, you know, jersey, shorts, socks, and and other gear, sort of create it in in their sort of image. So instead of just ordering a a template or, you know, going through another company and they give you a couple different options, uh, we work directly with our clients to create something that's inspired by, you know, their club, uh, the club's values tradition geography history um, really anything that you know a club wants and kind of the goal of it is to almost create you know gear for the club that can be worn on the pitch uh, and off the pitch and sort of tr- treat the clubs like their own lifestyle brand in a way um, so the, the the name for the company comes from the uh, the Greek myth Um I'm not sure if people are aware of it, but uh, essentially in the myth, um, Daedalus, who is Icarus' father, uh, and Icarus are um, trapped in a, uh, a tower um, eh, off the coast of Crete, I guess, so in, in, in ancient Greece. Um, and to escape, uh, Daedalus, who is the same guy who built the labyrinth uh, with the myth, ma- and Ator, if people are familiar with that as well. But uh, he's a master sort of engineer, and he creates these wings for Icarus and himself to escape the island so they can fly away. Um, (laughs) So he creates these uh, wings, and he warns Icarus, you know, uh, the wings are made from, you know, feathers and wax, so if you fly too close to the sun, they'll melt off, um, and you'll, you know, uh, fall into the ocean and drown. Um, So Icarus, they're flying away, Icarus loves the feeling of flight so much, uh, and he forgets his father's, um, you know, warning and flies a little too close to the sun. His, uh, wings melt off and he plummets into the sea and drowns. Um, so, uh, the reason I sort of named the company that is is one, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology, always have been. So always sort of wanted to name, uh, this company after something in Greek mythology. But two, um, I feel the story is very relevant to starting your own company, um, you know, you're a little bit over your skis, um, and I think you know that's sort of uh, the 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 lesson of the myth is you know to to not get too high, um, you know, and 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 not uh, think of yourself too highly, and just stay the course, and you know. Um, so yeah, that's where the name for the company comes from.
0: Hashtag fly too close to the sun. Yeah, yeah so in our incredible. case,
1: we want teams to fly too close to the sun. Don't, right. don't worry about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's very. It, it, I feel like it's a very um, apt name for a you know a startup company because you have no idea uh, if it's going to take off or not.
0: Right, and I mean the the moral of the story is overconfidence makes you careless essentially, and you're basically advocating for hey, be overconfident, have have some flair, have some <laughs> have flair. this belief in yourself to go out there and and not only look at us succeed as a company, but also you succeed as a club or as a team. Like it's, it's a really cool concept. And that's why, I mean, that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on.
1: Yes, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> but you know, I was a big fan when I first found you guys a few years ago and I, I didn't know cause like it seemed like you guys were doing these clubs that i never heard of. I thought, you know, obviously in soccer, it, the big thing is like the fake club, quote unquote, where they don't actually exist, but they have a bunch of merch for them. I thought Mm -hmm. that was like the initial concept. And then I started seeing teams wear your uniforms and I covered a team that actually had your uniforms. So like, I just kind of developed this weird online relationship by following you guys and like just falling in love with what you do. So can you talk about more of the creative side of things and, and how that goes into creating these, these really cool kits?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, we, we do make a lot of um, merch for quote unquote fake clubs. Um, and that's kind of the stuff you'll see on our website. And that's like where we get to be sort of creative without really any restriction. Um, so, stuff like our Mesopotamia Premier League, Premier League and, and uh, the Chernobyl kit we did, and just a couple of other stuff that we've done in the past has been obviously for fake clubs. But, you know, the majority of our work is done with you know, directly with clubs who are ordering, you know, real clubs who are ordering kits for their team deployment. Um, and the creative process sort of goes in, in, a, in a bunch of sort of different directions. Um, you know, gen, generally we have clubs reach out, uh, we have them fill out a design form which sort of lets us know, you know, what, what sort of colors you're looking for, any patterns they, they want to incorporate any themes. Um, uh, you know, let us know more about where you're from. Um, so for instance, for Louisiana Crew, being in Lafayette, um, we obviously wanted to do something that made sense for you know, Lafayette, Louisiana. So definitely leaning into the Cajun theme while not you know, hitting it over the head. Um, so you, know, you have teams that give you a lot of info, and then there are teams that just sort of want to see what Icarus can do for them. Um, in that case, they're not really giving us a ton of input, and then we're just sort of creating ideas that we think make sense. For that, so it's it's kind of twofold. in teams sometimes give us a lot of info. We can you know create jerseys based on that, and then other times they don't give us much info, and then we're doing sort of a lot of research and, and stuff on the back end. Um, so the creative is definitely uh, built around identity and making things that make sense for your club. So we're not just throwing in random patterns. We're not just you know oh this looks cool go with this. It's you know th- these are. We, we have some sort of background information that makes the patterns and, and different colors and, you know, uh, designs that we use make actual sense.
0: Right. It's not just Nike throwing a Chelsea kit together. It's like, oh, hey, this is cool. Here. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, the Nike and Adidas and those companies are starting to do more of that, um, you know, incorporating themes that make sense for, you know, a, a team and uh, their location. But um, you know, generally, you know, if you're a team ordering you know, going through a soccer shop or, you know, going through Nike.com or however you order, um, there's no, you know, there's no relation between the designs you're getting and the, uh, you know, your club and and its location. Right,
0: right. I mean, you you usually see more personalized kits around World Cup time or or, or European championships, something like that. Or in the United States case, they they have a bunch of cool Gold Cup kits they've had in the past. Right, Um, right no, but I wanted to go back to what you said. And I think you might've answered the question already, but when you're designing the kits and you have all this information, does it make it easier to have a bunch of information or does it give you more creative Liberty when you don't have a ton of information?
1: I mean, I guess that kind of depends on my mood. To be honest
0: with you. <laughs> I um, mean, cause I like,
1: some other that, no. that do work, so I'm not always the one, the person doing the design. Um, I mean, for a while it was, but as we've grown, I've obviously had to have other people help out. Um, but I, I think, you know, when it, the, the more info a club gives us, um, the more we're able to kind of give them a direction that makes sense, you know, because this is a collaborative effort, right? So um, if a club's not giving us any information and – we're like, okay, great. Here is what we think is makes sense. Here is what we think looks cool, and then they're like, oh, this isn't at all what I am picturing. Then you know, there is a lot more back and forth, and it takes longer to place so the order to get stuff. So the more info a club can give us, um, the more we're able to work with that, you know, in a creative way um, to sort of help them out with the design and get things, you
0: know, moving so that they can get their, you know, get their stuff in a reasonable amount of time. I want to switch gears a little bit to talk about you. In, in particular um so you you said before we got on the phone that you're twenty eight I was expecting someone much older with the the quality and, and and just the the mere presence Icarus has, at least for me because I'm somewhat of a younger soccer guy you know I, I started watching in 2014 and I feel like Icarus has been around for for a while. Can you give us a little bit more information on you in particular, your background? are you like what what was your resume before starting Icarus (laughs)
1: so I mean that's nice of you to say I'm young I'm feeling progressively older
0: well Um, I mean I'm 20 so (laughs) no look (laughs) so comparatively uh, so compared to most people I talk to
1: you know still playing soccer uh, or anything but you hit like 25 26 and then you start to feel real old (laughs) so um you know, any, you know, God forbid you play more than, you know, sixteen minutes in an, in an 11-11 game, like, you're not going to feel great the next day or month or week or month, uh, year. So, but, you know, anyways, uh, back to the, the question. Um, so before I started Icarus, um, I really, you know, I really didn't have a background in design at all. Um, you know, I didn't go to school for graphic design. I actually never even did graphic design until, you know, a year or two before I even started the company. Um, So I'm mainly a self-taught graphic designer uh, in that way, but my interest has always been in, you know, history, political science, geography, um, you know, mythology. Uh, So it kind of made sense for me to take my love of that with my love of of sports um, and sort of combine the two to create... You know what I would in, in my eye in my mind are you know aesthetically pleasing um, designs that um, are rooted in in history geography and identity um, so you know one thing about me is since I was a little kid um, I was like you know in the back of the classroom you know drawing logos uh, for made-up teams and stuff like that like I, <laughs> I remember like you know when when I was younger when, when Madden um, yeah, when Madden had, like, a pretty built-out creative team system, I would create, like, 32 teams, uh, you know, with different names and stuff and, and put them in a league together. Um, so I was always kind of, like, doing stuff like this in my head. Um, so, you know, when I got out of college and I was, you know, working, you know, a job that had nothing to do with this and I had some, you know, disposable income, uh, I started seeing if I could actually, like, make designs for these, you know, fake teams I've been creating my whole life. Um you know, found a supplier, um, in the process, you know, was learning every day, you know, designing, um, getting better at it every day. Uh, um, and then it got to a point where, uh, I realized that, you know, this was getting expensive to make these jerseys just for myself that I liked, so might as well open it up to other teams. Um, and I kind of just grew from there. So really started the hobby, um, realized that there was a market for this, um, and, you know, kinda of haven't looked
0: back since then. Obviously Twitter isn't the end all be all for a company's success, but sure. I mean you're you're getting pretty big names following you. I mean Arlo White and, and Rob Stone and the cool Gans and Alexi Lawless and you know, those are that's uh, a that's uh, a big deal. Huh? Arlo White followed us. I didn't know
1: Arlo White followed us. That's yeah. great.
0: <laughs> Arlo White follows you. Um, the voice of the oh. Premier League here on NBC <laughs> Sports Network. But I mean the the idea of these big names recognizing you as a company, did it feel like it legitimized you a little bit or is it just, you know, something on a website?
1: Okay. So I guess there are two sort of aspects of this. Uh, the first is, uh, without Twitter, Instagram, uh, this company never exists. So the, like we didn't spend any money on marketing forever and we still don't spend a ton of money on our marketing. Um, so the only real, really real way to get this in front of people's eyes was social media. Um, so the, you know, the sort of... The, the, the What Instagram has in terms of being able to put your stuff in front of a lot of people was massive. So without Instagram, then, you know, Twitter, uh, we're really not in a position we are today. Um, and, you know, I... The follower thing, I, I probably should care about a little more um, and I should maybe spend a little more time trying to figure out, oh, you know, getting our getting our stuff seen by more eyes and, and that's something I'm going to do, you know, in the future um, as we grow. But it is, yeah, it is really cool to have, you know, real people following you. But um, in the end, like, I make this for, you know, these clubs and, you know, for the random guy on Twitter who appreciates the designs. So I, I could kind of care less, you know, if the big names are following me, to be honest.
0: Well, I'm one of the random guys on Twitter that likes the design so much so that I asked you to be on my show. And I mean, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I've, you know, I've, I've had Robin Alexi on this show and it's really awesome. But at the end of the day, it's interviews like these and like we've had recently is it's kind of the same thing. It's like I'm doing this not only for me, but for these Kind of cool conversations with people I normally wouldn't talk to in the first place. Yeah, so that's of that's that's kind of dope that you have that same mentality. For me, I like that little check mark and, and a name that I recognize a little bit more than it seems like you do. But I mean, still, that's it's awesome that you created something and it's. I mean, you're up to seven thousand followers and you've been doing stuff and you have all these relationships with these clients and these clubs. It's a really mm-hmm. dope thing. And I want to talk about something you mentioned a little bit earlier. You you were a big fan of. of history and geography and and, and mythology Mm -hmm. these egyptian kits man these are absolutely dope so i I would love to just talk about these because these seem to be like one of your newer releases Mm -hmm. um these are these are awesome can you talk about these a little bit yeah
1: so um so just to sort of take a step back um these were designed by a a concept kit designer named Czech um Oh no, I forget his last name. Cenk something. <laughs> Sorry. I should know this guy's name, but anyways, it was created by a concept designer named Cenk. He's got, you know, a, a really big following. He makes these really cool designs for, you know, real clubs and, you know, stuff like that. And then for national teams, uh, you know, um, he's a concept good designer. He makes, you know, jerseys that aren't real. Um, so he had this one jersey, this ancient Egypt jersey that he had, you know, pretended was sort of a Nike, imagining what Nike would look like um, if they did, you know, an ancient uh, Egypt kit or an Egypt kit. Um, so they, they got a, you know, a, it sort of went viral, um, and I loved the design. So we reached out to him and said, you know, would you be interested in doing this? But, you know, instead of with Nike, you do it with Icarus. So I really didn't put any sort of... Um, you know any sort of design, anything into it other than just reappropriating it, reappropriating it um, for our you know template, um, and you know Cheng's a partner it. So every time you know we get paid for the kit, he's he's making some money off of it as well. And that's more of a thing where it's like, okay, like a lot of people love this. Nike's not probably not going to make this ever. Um, let's figure out a way to get in front of people and you know take these, bring these concepts to reality. So. From the design side, there's very little I did. That was all jank. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that was more, you know, sort of like a, you know, a business decision than maybe like a creative decision for sure.
0: You said something interesting there that Nike would never, ever make this. Why do you think these big brands like Nike and Adidas and, and to a lower extent Under Armour Mm-hmm. Don't make these type of kits. I know they're they're like have some cool Euro kits and, and some cool World Cup kits in the past, but like why don't they do this more often? What what do you think the philosophy behind that is?
1: Yeah, so I mean, first of all, like Nike does do really creative stuff and you know, all these companies do really creative stuff. Um but, you know, they're not gonna listen to, you know, a concept designer on Twitter, um, you know, generally. So, you know, I was in a position to be able to listen to this guy and say, hey, this is really cool. Let's make it. Nike has a lot more stuff to do on that front. Um, you know, there's a lot more, you know, they have to run things through legal. They have to, you know, there's just a lot more stuff going into their designs than maybe like, a, you know, a boutique sort of company like myself, um, where, you know, I'm the I'm the designer. I'm also the decision maker. So I thought it was cool. Let's do it. Um, Nike's got a lot more things to think about, right? Um, so... I'd say it's more of, like, a business thing than, you know, from a design perspective. But, you know, Nike is doing really cool stuff. They just don't really need to care, maybe, about, you know, the little clubs um, when they, you know, can get them in their templates. Um, you know, I, I don't, honestly, I don't, like, need to speak too much to about, like, what Nike's and Nike and Adidas are doing because I don't really know enough right. about what they're doing. But, um, you know... They're, I guess they're, a thing like this is not really something that they're going to do. Um, that's more on you know companies like mine uh, to, to come into the market and do stuff like this. Like it's just not their uh, cup
0: of tea. Yeah, I just I remember in 2016 it was frustrating that not only did France, England, Portugal, and the United States have the same kit, but every other national team that had Nike as their their kits their kit provider had the same kit. Cause it was the same exact template on the, on the highest level of, of international football. I can't imagine when it's like, you know, for a third division team in England that has the same thing or a league, you know, a league team on the fifth division of England that has the same, you know, has Nike. So I, I, I remember that 2016 Euro final where it's just literally the same kit, but in red and blue between Portugal and France. I'm like, this is not, this is not good. What are we doing? Yeah.
1: I think you know if you're looking if you look at what Nike um, and Adidas have done more recently, they've abandoned that, right? Portugal's kits are a completely different template than England's kits, right? Yeah, right. Like they're doing, they realize that, and and I I think as kit culture has become a little more prominent and the designs matter more to to people, I guess. they've started really focusing on, on doing, you know, custom, you know, sort of unique designs for national teams and clubs that make sense um, from, you know, uh, n- not necessarily a, you know, um, sorry, let me backtrack. That makes sense from a design perspective. You know, you look at the, the Man City kits for last year, uh, I think from Puma, where they incorporated, um, you know, the, Man- the famous Manchester nightclub into the kits. Like, these these companies realize that you're going to sell more kits if it if it uh, if it connects with fans more. So I think the days of you know the, you know Manchester United um, and you know another Adidas conferences having the exact same jersey just in a different color kind of over. Like maybe at the lower levels that's still the case, but I think gradually you're going to see um, you know that part of uh, that side of you know these bigger companies custom side of them becoming more prominent
0: yeah i mean because 2018 was kind of the relaunch of what you're talking about with these more creative different things obviously the world cup is a little bit different when it comes to creating kits but obviously a lot of people think about the nigerian kit from nike which was phenomenal one of the best Mm -hmm. kits of of the last decade but Mm -hmm. you think you think about like the belgian kit of that of that summer and you think about the Russian kit of that summer. They're all unique in their own way. The Argentinian kit that, you know, Messi and, and, and all the guys wore getting knocked out in the round of sixteen against France. But like even the French kit I have the French kit in there. When they started doing the number on the side, like it's they all gradually get a little bit different. And we see more recently at the US national team kits, like those are all different. But what you guys do at Icarus oh. is is just it, it's so Refreshing to see, and like I said, Louisiana kits <laughs> cool. It includes a lot of things from my culture with the Florida Lees, and 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 keeping the the Cajun heritage alive. Especially, I mean, Lafayette's one of the biggest Cajun cities we have. You get towards yeah. New Orleans, it's more a little bit more Creole and Cajun, but like <laughs> Cajun capital of Louisiana is Lafayette. So to be able to have a representation of the city—that's really what it is—is representation of where they're at. It's a representation of the identity of the club and the city it mm. represents is, is just incredible. So I want to talk about some of your favorite things that you've done, mm. some of your favorite designs, some of the, the more memorable things that you've got put out. So do you have something in mind that you were just so immensely proud of?
1: That's oh, like that's always an impossible
0: question to answer. Oh, yeah, um, no, that's why I ask it. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: It's, look, anytime, anytime, like the, the goal of this, right, is to – give teams the ability to get something, you know, sick for their club that's based around their club, Um, you know, not have to go with, you know, something boring and doesn't represent them. So, you know, I guess the, the, the projects I'm most proud of are the projects where clubs are absolutely thrilled with the designs, which, you know, is generally, generally happens more than often because we're working closely with the club, right. To get a design that they want. Um, so I mean, for instance, you know, Louisiana Louisiana Crew is definitely up there because um, that was something that we were able to kind of create from scratch, and the club loved, and um, I think the fans loved it. Um, and you know, it's always fun to be able to to go in depth with uh, you know the, the the geography, history, you know, identity um, of you know a place where a club is. So I really like those projects where we can you know draw from. You know, coats of arms, flags, you know, uh, history, uh, geography, stuff like that. Um, I mean, I we've done we've done over six hundred clubs at this point, so it's hard to sort of rack my brain to, to figure out you know which are my favorites and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I, another off the top of my head would be you know, New Hampshire and MFC, um, You know, where we really got to go deep into you know, the history of New York City, um, you know, the name New Amsterdam is paying homage to, um, you know, the original city that was founded there, um, you know, by the, by the Dutch. Um, so getting to sort of delve into, you know, coats of arms from an era, um, you know, seeing, you know, shipping being the main industry there, playing off that, that's really fun to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the projects where I'm having the most fun, I guess, are, are the ones I love the most, but um, there's just, there's so many, it's it's hard to, to name all, you know, name just a few.
0: Is it, I can imagine it's a learning experience, learning about all these different spots in, in the United oh, yeah. States and, and and beyond, but is there anything that you've taken away from a project that just kind of blew your mind about a particular area, about a particular city, Uh, is there anything that just sticks out to you that you've learned through this process?
1: That's a good question.
0: Um, Because, I mean, the Amsterdam thing sounds great about the city of New York and, and, you know, really the roots of it. But, I mean, there are so many places like that all across this country that have just wild stories attached to its beginnings and and heritage.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that uh i've kind of taken away from this is that if if you're willing to to learn about someone's hometown you'll be amazed by the amount of information and important you know heritage in those places um and you know you look at towns you know that are you know maybe smaller cities um you know not the new yorks not the philadelphias not the la's chicago's of the of the country There's a lot of really cool stuff happening in those towns. And I think people overlook that often when you're thinking, you know, where do I want to, you know, maybe work? Where do I want to live? You go across the country, there are so many places that have a really unique culture that, you know, the rest of the country maybe doesn't know about. So I think when I'm trying to design these kids for teams, I really want to give them that, you know, identity so that, you know, people can sort of maybe identify that place based on the club that plays there. Um, sort of in a similar way to maybe how we view, you know, a lot of cities in Europe, we we probably don't really wouldn't really know about them otherwise unless, you know, there was a club there. I mean, you know, you look at places like, you know, Marseille and, you know, Lyon, like would we really know about them that much, you know, if as Americans if, if they didn't have a club playing there? So I think just the 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 way like places and and sports sort of intersect is really interesting to me. And what I've taken away from doing this is that you know even the, the this place the the off you know places off the beaten path have a lot more going on there than you might think.
0: Yeah, because as an American who has been watching the Premier League since 2015, obviously right. Leicester was huge. You know, Leicester won the league that year. But I learned about how you know, Brighton and Bournemouth down on the south coast of England and how those are, you know, fishing communities. And a lot of their stuff is tourism for the beaches down there for the 30 minutes of sunlight they have in England a year. But the – just the overall culture of the city and how they love – like, it's it's not like here in the U.S. where, you know, yeah, you love your one of your 32 local NFL teams. Or if you live in, you know, Idaho, you get to choose one of your seven teams that's around you. They love – Bournemouth, and they love Brighton, and they they're, support them to the death, and I think that's a really unique aspect, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing for these smaller clubs here in the U.S. that it are, you know, I think fourth division, the, whatever.
1: And I think the hope is that, right, like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, that you know, soccer gets to, to a place in, in this country um, where you know, a place like Lafayette could be playing major, major games against, and, and who knows with the promotion relegation system, and I'm, I'm not really talking about that so much, but, you know, it, it soccer in this country, if you can get to a point where, you know, you know about Lafayette, not because of, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, you know, raising occasions. you know about them because, you know, Louisiana Crew are a really good side that you've seen on TV, um, you know, that have really interesting kits. So, that's kind of my hope when I'm working with all these teams is to give them sort of a platform to, to you know, show their identity um, rather than getting something that's just you know oh, here's a template you know pick from these maybe the designs are cool maybe they're not but who cares because it's not representative of of you and your club,
0: right? Hey, by the way, shout out Go Cajuns! I almost went there, but I, I didn't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> They've
1: had some good uh, football seasons or something.
0: Yeah, they, they almost beat Texas in the opening week. They, they gave them a game. But nevertheless, right. the, the, the design concept and, and whatever you've been doing has obviously worked. Um, did you think you would reach this level of success this early on? Are you behind schedule, ahead of schedule? Where do you assess yourself right now as a business? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think it's gone way better than I could have ever imagined, um, and you know, and it's gotten to a point where I now need to think about how I'm going to grow this thing and keep it, you know, sustainable. So I didn't think I would be in that position, right? Like when I started this, I had a, I had another job because you know, thinking you know, I'll I'll do this for fun, and you know, you know, if I can get some teams to pay for some kids, great. I can you know keep doing this as a hobby, but. Um, it grew so much faster than I I could have expected. So, you know, I had to do this full time. And, you know, now I need to figure out how I'm going to build this thing so that, you know, I'm I'm getting more clients, you know, I'm helping grow soccer in this country. Um, So, yeah, it's probably ahead of schedule, but, you know, I want it to be much further along than than it is right now, for sure. So there's definitely like an appetite to grow this thing, uh, and make it really big.
0: The, I always ask people this, whether it's with their show or with their career or with their business. So I'll ask you, what is the end goal? Is the end goal to be able to compete with companies like Nike and Adidas, or is the end goal just sustaining this level of supporting these smaller clubs? Like, what do you, where do you see your, yourself when you think about ultimate success for Acres?
1: Yeah, so, right, the, the goal of the company is to sort of give the ex, give the design experience that's kind of reserved for the largest clubs in the world, and kind of democratize that in a way that, you know, your local 7v7 seven, side can get jerseys that uh, are totally custom, that are built for them, right? So, the end goal of this is being able to provide that, you know, provide that option to every club in the world. I mean, I don't... You know, how, how realistic is that? I don't know. But building it to a space where we're able to, you know, serve, you know, our smaller clients in the same way we're serving our larger clients. Um, because I, I think it's it's really important for, you know, identity to be a major part of your kits, um, And I, I want that for the smallest teams in the world to, you know, the larger clubs in the world. So um, I think that's one thing, like, we're not going to, sort of sacrifice is the ability to outfit smaller clubs and give them that experience um, so look I don't know what the what it's gonna look like how we're gonna get there um, but the end goal is to basically just do what we're doing for more people um, and you know obviously you know getting bigger and bigger clubs is part of that um, so yeah
0: it would be so dope to see Iceland back in the World Cup with the Nickers kit <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: look, you know, the, the next World Cup's so what twenty twenty two. We're not going to have a club there, going to uh, you know, uh, team there. But you know, twenty twenty six, you know, maybe hey,
0: forty eight yeah. teams. You get you got you got a shot.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, man, just trying to grow this thing and and keep having a, a, you know a doing it. So,
0: I uh, the the biggest thing i I tried to research i I couldn't necessarily find what would you say and i don't want to put you in a spot where you're putting down other clubs but who would you say your your most well-known club is
1: yeah i mean it's i don't know honestly (laughs) i mean so you know new Hampshire nfc is in nisa which is you know, if you look at, you know, the official, you know, U.S. pyramid, like, that's the highest level team we have. Um, you know, but then there are teams in USL that we, we do, like, you know, at, uh, at USL two rather, like FC Motown. Um, and then, you know, teams like Philly Lone Star, we've done in the past, that are really, you know, high-level sides and have, um, you know, been in Open Cups and done really well. So I think, look, it's impossible to say, you know, when... You know the, the the structure of the United States soccer is the way it is, but um, you know, NAFC I guess would be our only team that's considered professional, so that would probably be be the one. But that doesn't mean that you know other clubs we do don't matter. I mean, right. a Fort Wayne FC and USL is you know USL one is it they're going to be moving up to, and you know if they decide to stay with us for that, that would you know that would be you know another uh, probably our biggest club. So. Um, you know, and then we we just announced a team in Ghana. It's gonna be a professional team and that's a professional team in Ghana, first division. Um so that's another one that's probably one of our biggest clubs, and then you know, we're gonna be announcing more more clubs in Africa and you know across the world. So it's hard to say, honestly.
0: Yeah, and I, I didn't want to put you in a position to put down other teams. It's just No, I don't
1: I mean, and I don't think it's putting down other teams. Like my whole philosophy is that it doesn't matter what you Know what level you're playing at, right? Like, you're as important to me as any other client. Um, so I, you know, if it's just a matter of you know, what's considered bigger or or you know, a bigger club or you know, a smaller club, like, I don't know the answer to that. But based on you know, the tiers of American soccer, um, you know, and, you know if players are getting played or paid, if players are getting paid or not, like, you know, that's how I would rate you know, what's a bigger club, but it doesn't mean they're any more important to me than, you know, the, 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 my, you know, 77 team I have in Philly. So.
0: Right. Yeah. The, 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 I was, we have people all over the country that listens to the show, which I'm very incredibly thankful for. If you're listening from, from anywhere else other than Lake Charles, Louisiana, you were part of a dream bigger, bigger than yourself. But the, you know, the idea is to find these clubs. And like I said, we have people all over the country. There are so many clubs across this nation that are probably affiliated with Icarus somehow that are near you. So do your best to find it, look at their kits. go to their website. I'll put the link to the website in the show notes. I'll put their Twitter in the show notes. Um, definitely worth a purchase because I think they're incredible. I own one myself. So that's not, I mean, I'm just not giving you a meaningless ad read because he's on my show. I own a kit. So go out and (laughs) and seek one. So nevertheless, um, I thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I thank you so much for the time.
1: Yeah, no, of course it's it's always fun talking about, you know, Icarus to to people,
0: um, and I'm sure people in my life are probably sick of me talking about it. Um, <laughs> <And> now <laughs> no, a bunch of strangers get to listen to you talk about it.
1: <laughs> I'm really interested in it, um, so yeah.
0: No, that's that's incredible, man. Now, now a bunch of strangers get to hear you talk about it. Um, it's. It's really good. I I, I want to ask more of a self, selfish question before we get to the lightning round. The lightning round is five to seven random questions, answering 10 seconds or less. But more of a selfish question is because I live in a city that is not necessarily known for soccer. I live in a state that is not necessarily known for soccer. You know, we've had three MLS players all time. And, you know, the biggest club we have is probably in Lafayette with Louisiana crew. So I was curious on the design process hypothetically because this is this is going on the internet so i don't want to give away any ideas hypothetically trademark copyright i wanted to contact you about creating a kit for Lake charles louisiana would it have to be in bulk or do you guys do the more singular type of things
1: yeah no so our minimum order is only 10 units so you know you have to get 10 okay Either it's um so, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to do one for a pub there that, you know, doesn't exist yet, be
0: happy to help out. <laughs> <laughs> These fake clubs. I love fake, fake soccer so much. Um, okay, good. Well, I wanted to get that on the record so I could, I could you know, have that <laughs> as, as evidence. Um, okay, perfect. Well, we do have the lightning round. Five to seven random questions answered in 10 seconds or less. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: All right. Uh, cake or pie? pie what kind of
1: pie Uh, i i i I, I changed my mind cake
0: (laughs) okay what kind of cake air cake oh okay that's yeah no i'm not with you on that you can have that one
1: yeah fair enough
0: um if you could travel uh in time would you go to the future or would you go to the past
1: oh the past
0: yeah Yeah. i I figured so with your with your background (laughs) yeah but where would you, the most interesting thing is, where would you go in the past if you could spend a week anywhere? Where would you where
1: would you go? Uh man, I would go to like fifteen hundreds Istanbul.
0: What's going on in, in fifteen hundred Istanbul?
1: I mean, it's it looks like the comfiest place ever. There are tons of rugs. You get to wear these really comfy pants. Uh, <laughs> you know, people have they, they've got coffee there. They've got hookah. Um, the food's probably great I don't know I mean, I'm just I, I'm a big you know uh, Middle East history buff so um, it'd just be really cool to go there so
0: um, 1500s Istanbul is like 2021 Portland <laughs> yeah
1: sure <laughs> but, oh Portland Oregon yeah Portland Oregon yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to Portland so I don't
0: know not, not quite I, Port- Portland
1: yeah, Maine I, I
0: <laughs> that's funny um okay so going back in time to 1500s turkey that's that's great um if you could win a a a Nobel peace prize a olympic gold medal or an academy award what would you what would you go for
1: peace prize gold medal or academy award yeah gold medal
0: gold medal what sport we going with uh not name soccer you cannot pick soccer
1: let's see partially because uh, the united
0: States is probably not gonna go to medal in soccer anytime soon unless it's for the women
1: i, I mean like basketball 100 <laughs> <laughs> guy like yeah I'm not made like there's no world where I'm making any sort of basketball roster but
0: no you're you like know. the the 15 guy on the bench like christian Lener that one year yeah, sure. <laughs> sure I'll, I'll be that. Then pick one random college guy and it happened to be Leitner. Everyone hated him. Yeah, yeah, and you get a medal. Like, I'm there. Right. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. doesn't matter if you play, you still get a medal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that's, that's good. Um, do you have a pet?
1: I do. I have a, I have a five-pound Yorkie named Bobka.
0: If you could have, ask Bobka one question, what would it be?
1: Wow, I've never thought about this. Uh, I
0: mean, this is—you get one question to ask this dog. Well, I mean, it's a pretty big one.
1: If another person came and took you, would you miss me? <laughs> like, I, 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 like, I feel like he genuinely loves me. Um, but, like, you know, I, I adopted him. He was with some other people. Like, did he just forget about them? But I, I don't know. I like. I want to know, like, you know, if he loves me as much as I love him.
0: I feel like dogs are dogs are very adaptable, but I think they. Yeah, they,
1: they, I, I feel like he would he would hate the next person. Like, <laughs> I really think that. Like, I think he, I'm, I'm his guy. Like, he would he's ride or die dog. So
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. That's I want to know. I wanna know how <laughs> <good>. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that. That went a different route than I anticipated. Um, last one, and we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, if you could have a dinner party with three famous people living or dead, who would they be
1: um, Larry Davis okay um,
0: if we had a if we had a
1: question i have to think of three famous people right
0: now um living or dead i mean you got a lot to choose from there's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. famous people but if we had the money to pay the copyright fines we would be playing the curb your enthusiasm music but we don't have that kind of money here
1: yes yeah. I, th- I think larry would be great to hang out with um would love to pick truman's brain i think that'd be interesting. Um and then uh I don't know, like it'd be cool to talk to like yeah you know, I don't know if it would be cool to talk to like a Socrates though. Like the, the philosopher. Like, yeah I, like I feel like he would talk too much. It'd be interesting to talk to someone like and be able to ask them questions like what was life like? Like what was living there like? like like
0: I yeah. To pull like a, a Renaissance painter or a, a philosopher back from, dude, from, from those I just, days.
1: I, I think about this more. It'd be cool to just pull a random dude from <laughs> different places in history and just be able to ask them like questions. Like so, because like, that's like the thing I'm always interested in about history is you know what was like what was like your day to day life like.
0: Because we talk like, about these big events and these these massive, whether it be a catastrophe or a battle or the, yeah, whatever else. We don't ever I'm talk so much, about the day-to-day.
1: I'm not so much interested in that as, you know, what was your day-to-day life like? Like, uh, like what was, where were you, like, how was going to the bathroom? Like, how was the <laughs> food? Like, what'd you do with your friends? Like, I'm just, I'm really interested in, like, and I feel like every time I'm, you know, reading history books, like, I want to know more about that stuff. And, and I don't, like, I don't really like what date a battle was or how the battle turned out. Like, I'm not so interested in that. Like, I want to know, what, like, what was life really like? Like, what was, what was, like, the best moment of your day in, you know, uh, Babylon, you know, 3,500 years ago? Or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm thinking.
0: I want to talk to uh just an Egyptian that worked closely with royalty and just ask him if Cleopatra was a, as attractive as we all make her out to be.
1: Yeah, but that'd be like relative, right.
0: So yeah, that's also true. But <laughs> I mean, standard of, the standard of to be fair, the standard
1: like, I the best artist from Egypt get, get him to draw a picture. As closely accurate as possible, like she's not around, she doesn't get to influence what it looks like.
0: Yeah, because like the but. standard of beauty back in ancient Egypt is probably not the same as it is today.
1: <laughs> yeah, who knows? I have, I have no idea.
0: Because what you look back in in uh, during like the King Henry days back in in England, like if you're if you're a bigger guy. It means you got a lot of money and you're a desirable, desirable person to be with. Right. I mean, it's it's a status thing, not necessarily more of a physical thing, but like if you're if you're a bigger guy, you got it going on. As opposed to now, it's you know look, the, look, it's also, the standard the standards change.
1: It's not ink shame, people. You know, like it's different. You know, everyone's got a different uh, idea of what's uh, you know attractive them. So, like, I I don't know, I don't this is a weird conversation. It's went in a different direction than I thought it was.
0: But. Yeah. Well, but welcome to if anyone cares. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh man, that's, that's hilarious. Robbie, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. Do you have anything to, uh, promote and, and how can people find you guys on the internet?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, would, I feel like I've already promoted the business. Um, but you know, if you're looking for kits for your club, um, definitely reach out. You can find us at IcarusFC.com. You can find us on Instagram, uh, at IcarusFootball. And on Twitter, uh, someone already had the Icarus football name, which I'm still not happy about. But um, you can find us at IcarusFCPHL on Twitter. Um, And Icarus is spelled I-C-A-R-U-S. So yeah, just find us, get in touch, and we'd love to work with you.
0: Like I said, I'll put the link to the website and the twitter and the show notes so make it easy for yourself just scroll down and click on it and and contact uh icarus for your footballing kit needs yeah do it the minimal order is 10 so if you just want one for yourself and to try to sell nine elsewhere that's that's on you but hey thank you so much man i do appreciate the time i i i feel like this is um a unique show and i'm very happy to to get in touch with you because you do make a lot of really good stuff and th- thank you for the for making the kit that i have that represents my state and in the city that that i love so thank you so much man
1: yeah of course appreciate you having me on uh it was fun so yeah just feel free to hit me back up down to down to come on whenever
0: absolutely for robbie smuckler i'm riley james if anyone cares